I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Syrupcast. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. It is episode 94. We are in the week of November 4th. I am joined this week by Jessica Vobemo. Hi, everyone. How are you, Jess? Good, thanks. How are you, Igor? Good, thank you. Patrick? I'm back finally after being away for I think like three, four weeks. Yes. Something like that. Many plane rides. I'm back. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, We are joined by, one might say, a long-suffering Blue Jays fan, former (laughs) game critic. He's written for many great publications, including the CBC as well as the Globe and Mail. Mr. Peter Nowak. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, We brought Peter on today because... Unlike last week, where it was just Microsoft and Apple talk, today we're actually going to talk about the Canadian telecom scene because, uh, as you may know, uh, the CRTC is holding a very important hearing on differential pricing. Um, and Peter, is, one might say, has many opinions uh, <laughs> on differential pricing as well as a host of other topics. So that's one thing we're going to touch upon. And we're also going to talk about um, well, all the telecoms announced uh, their earnings aside from Rogers, which, you know, they needed to get rid of Mr. Guy Lawrence. So they did it at a different time. So let's jump to the music and then we'll come right back. All right. Welcome back. Um, So differential pricing. I think this one's important that we kind of laid the groundwork Specifically, this all started with Videotron, which I think is a really interesting thing. Uh, Peter, do you want to kind of give us the Coles Note version of the history? Sure. I think it actually started a little earlier before that. It started with Bell. Um, So Bell, what Bell was doing was for wireless customers, Bell wireless customers, it would give you all the TV you you wanted to watch on your phone for an extra $5 a month. So this wouldn't count against your your data caps, and um, so the there was a complaint issued about that with the CRTC saying this is against net neutrality. This is basically um, giving preference to what what uh, video content Bell wants to promote versus everything else out there. So like Netflix, for example, would continue, and YouTube would continue to count against your data caps. Um, the CRTC found, yep, yeah, that's actually not cool. So Bell stopped doing that. Uh, Videotron is actually part of that too. They were doing a similar thing with their video. So they said you cannot um, advantage your own content this way. So you just got to stop doing that. But, you know, as far as not counting certain uh, internet applications against data caps, we're not going to prohibit that entirely because we want to see how that goes. So then that's fast forward to Videotron. So Videotron switched from video to music. So now, um, for a while anyways, Videotron has been offering its its wireless customers uh, it's called Music Unlimited or Unlimited Music. I can't remember which way it goes. And that's basically you sign up to a certain plan and you can use all kinds of music streaming services um, without those counting against your data caps. So it includes like Spotify, Deezer, I think Google, uh, I'm mm. not sure if Google it's not. It's not Apple Music, but it is uh, right. Google, uh, Google Play. Yeah, yeah, there's like 14 different streaming uh, services in there. 
And um, so the way that works is anybody, any music streaming service can be part of this. They just have to basically go and like apply with Videotron. And, and there's no, apparently there's no money changing hands or anything like that. So the people who are in favor of net neutrality say that this is still a problem because it's it's advantaging no specific music services over you know those that aren't part of this this special deal and then there's the other side of it too which is that this is kind of arbitrary uh some radio stations have complained about this because they have you know they'll stream their radio shows online on their websites and that's music but it's not it's still counting against data caps so they're saying well why are you uh exempting these apps but you're not exempting us so that's that's kind of the crux of what what these hearings have been about this week mm-hmm. um and i i guess i should note in like other industry differential pricing is like totally cool right like on the airline you know there's first class business class and coach whereas but the nature of the internet kind of makes it much more precipitous to do something like that um so what has been your kind of impression of the hearing so far? Like, what's happened? Well, okay, so you've, uh, I think you've kind of had the expected arguments made. On the one side, you have uh, carriers Bell and Telus uh, and Videotron saying, uh, we need to be able to do this because we have to be able to, um, this is a doorway for us to further differentiate our services from each other. So instead of just getting, um, you know, wireless service from company A versus wireless service from company B, well, maybe you get wireless service plus free video streaming from company A, and then you get wireless service plus free music streaming from company B. And whichever one you do more of, that's the one that maybe you're going to go with. So that's what they've been arguing for. And then, of course, the critics have been saying, um, well, a couple problems with this. One is, why don't you just give everybody more data? Yeah. And then they can do whatever the hell they <laughs> yeah. want with it. Yeah, uh, that's one issue. And then the other issue is, um, and this has been an argument around the world, um, is that if you do that, then you are disadvantaging other companies, other startups, other entrepreneurs, and so on. In earlier this year, India, uh, the telecom uh, regulator in India, actually ruled on this. It was uh, Facebook was really pushing this whole idea there of zero rating. This is differential pricing is also known as zero rating. And um, so the Indian uh, regulator decided, no, actually, we are not going to allow this because we don't want to disadvantage um, smaller companies or smaller entrepreneurs. We don't want to stifle innovation or potentially stifle innovation. So we're mm-hmm. not going to allow this. Interestingly, Rogers is one of the companies that's actually come uh, against differential pricing. Um, I guess take me into their Like, what are they thinking? What's <laughs> their perspective from it? Because, you know, I, I imagine they would have been like, Yes, jump on different. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually yeah. it's Bell Rogers and Telus, right? The so triumphant. It's yeah. almost weird saying that sentence without Rogers in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rogers actually agrees with the critics, and uh, there's a bit of selfishness involved here, and a big, a bit of magnanimousness. That's yeah. a word. Um, so Rogers, Rogers has uh, for a long time their stated business plan has always been we want to make customers pay for every single bit of data that that they use and we want them to use more of it so we will make more money that seems like a pretty um sort of harsh attitude but in in the context of net neutrality it's actually a far more honest approach i think and that is the the second part of the position that they've adopted and it's weird too because rogers is on both sides of the fence here because rogers does own a lot of radio stations so rogers is actually being disadvantaged by this whole video uh, situation okay. so they're kind of on both sides of the fence i think also there's a there's a personal thing at play here too rogers has one uh, one of their head uh, regulatory policy guys 
he used to be a big policy guy for Google Canada. Okay. And Google, of course, we know has historically been a, a pretty big supporter of net neutrality. So I think there's some influence there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rogers, um, Rogers' position on this is uh, complex and um, is, is, you know surprisingly different from the other guys. Mm-hmm. Is just just a quick question, like so. Is creating like a broader, uh, I guess, structure for overages part of this in any way in, in terms of data? What do you mean broader structure? So, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but every carrier has different prices for overages, right? Mm-hmm. Is part of this hearing, is that creating like um, like a uniform price for if you use this much MB with TELUS, you're going to pay this much. If you use this much MB with Rogers, you're gonna you're gonna pay this much when you're when you're going over your your data cap. Is that part of the conversation at all? I don't know. I'm not sure, and I actually don't know if the overage prices are different between the carriers. Um, given that they price pretty much everything else almost exactly the same, yeah. I'd be surprised if they were different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jess, do you want to task? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I'm interested in the groups that are proposing to eliminate data caps altogether, saying that if there were no data caps, then there would be no need for differential pricing, and this whole thing would just be Canadians happy using as much data as they want. Um, So what about these groups? Is there any merit to some of their proposals? Yeah, I think it's mainly open media that's pushing for that. I don't know if if any of the other um, consumer groups are. Um, that's an interesting, it's an interesting position. Of course, some people are labeling, labeling it as an extremist position, <laughs> which I think is kind of silly. Fun, yeah. I think Rogers actually responded to that. And so they said, well, if we were to eliminate data caps then everybody, there'd be no choice. There'd be no tiers. And that means every Canadian would be, would have a $90 uh, a month plan, which, okay, maybe, but that's a really strange comment to make given that there are unlimited plans in other countries and in fact there is a uh, Finland consultancy rewheel they're called uh, they have a thing called the digital fuel monitor and they've done studies where they've um, they've looked at countries where there is zero rating and where there isn't zero rating and they found that generally speaking countries where carriers are not uh, exempting services where they're not doing zero rating or differential pricing or whatever you want to call it are giving customers like eight times more data than uh, carriers in countries where it's happening. So I think, um, you know, even if you look down to the U.S., um, there's a very – the problem with Canada is the market structure. So you have identical market shares between Bell Rogers and Telus. They each have about 30% of the market. If you look in the U.S., you've got uh, Verizon and AT&T. They're super huge. But then you have T-Mobile and Sprint, which are considerably smaller. And those are the two companies that are doing all these like crazy things. T-Mobile, of course, is the uncarrier, and they've yeah, been yeah. they've killed off contracts and all this stuff. Um, so the and and they also surprise surprise have unlimited data. They also do zero rating, which is a weird situation. But anyways, um, so you do have in countries where you have different um, market share structures where there is some fluctuation between the carriers, you're more likely to see um, unlimited data deals. You're more likely to see all kinds of, uh, you know, pro-consumer um, deals, which just don't happen here. Um, Pat, if I want, I wanted to ask you just because you seem to have, you know, how do you think from a consumer standpoint, how would you approach this? And then I guess, Peter, if you could have like, I think you would have a response to what, <laughs> a, of what uh, Pat's about to say. So yeah, from the, from the broader, like net neutrality perspective, I totally get it. Um, but as a consumer, like I, I like to imagine myself like I'm in university um, and I'm looking for a cell phone plan, having unlimited Spotify would be really appealing to me at that stage in my life. And using Spotify uses up a lot of data. Um, like I, I have a pretty substantial data plan. I think I have uh, two gigs a month. 
And if I were to use Spotify streaming um, every day on my way to work to and from, I would totally blow through that. Um, so what I do is I, I download the songs and, and I, and I don't even like, I don't even enter the streaming thing. I put it in offline mode. Um, so from that perspective, I can see why having specific apps, um, could be beneficial, um, for consumers. But then I know from a, from a broader perspective, it would be like an absolute disaster. Um, cause I can't remember the story I was reading. Uh, but in one instance, someone like mentioned that, uh, at one point Facebook, uh, was a startup, right? So there's a lot of small apps out there um, that people wouldn't use because they're they're not free, um, and and I think that creates a very unlevel playing field. So in my mind, I'm I'm like tied between these these two things. Like I get the arguments, but um, then when I when I pretend that I'm just an average guy buying buying a phone or, or signing up for a plan, I can see why some people would totally be down with with having unlimited Spotify or unlimited Apple Music or unlimited anything for for that matter. Um, I'm really interested in Facebook's per- perspective, to be quite honest. I was really surprised to see that they um, were on the side of differential pricing, and I guess it makes sense in the context that Pat puts it in, but I'm interested to hear how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of what Patrick said, um, that is exactly what the carriers, that's how they're positioning it. That's how they're selling it to the public. And it, it, to be honest, it's a very difficult argument to counter. You know, hey, I got free Netflix or free Spotify or whatever. Who isn't going to like that? But then it, it's kind of like <laughs> the only way to argue against it is you're like a parent telling their kids that they have to eat their vegetables. Exactly. You yeah. know, don't eat your vegetables. Your teeth are going to fall out when you're older. Yep. I don't know what actually happens when you don't eat vegetables. But <laughs> scurvy. <laughs> scurvy, yeah. Scurvy. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the unfortunate, uh, situation that the critics of zero rating find themselves in, um, with Facebook. So Facebook has been pushing this for years. Um, so Facebook, uh, they started with something called internet.org. And, uh, when that got really criticized, they kind of rebranded it as free basics. And the whole thing in India earlier this year that we mentioned, um, that was actually, Facebook was at the crux of that. So what Facebook is trying to do is basically a variation of this. So they're cutting deals with wireless carriers, usually in developing countries, where uh, the carriers will give customers free data, uh, and Facebook and the, their partners choose. Um, it's kind of like AOL back in the old days. They choose what you get access to. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's like a set of websites that Facebook picks. And, of course, Facebook is one of them. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. So um, the argument that Facebook uh, is making is that by doing this, it's kind of like uh, try before you buy or, you know, like crack the first one's free and then you got to talk to your dealer or whatever. It's whichever uh, <laughs> analogy you want to use. Um, by giving people free access to the Internet, that it shows them how useful it is and how great it is. And then people sign up from there. Facebook says that like 50 percent of people who try this end up actually subscribing to the Internet and paying for it, which uh, there's been some um, – the, the credibility of those numbers has been questioned. But anyways, we don't need to get into that. So Facebook has been arguing that. And that was actually what the India, what India's telecom regulator decided or, or uh, ruled against earlier this year. They said, well, maybe that's true, but, you know, the, the cost of it is too great. The cost of, um, you know, the potential innovation, p- potentially hurting smaller startups and so on. We, we don't agree with this. So they... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They disallowed it, but Facebook is still arguing for it. Uh, where do you see, like, where do you see this hearing going? Like, is it going to go towards the big three or, excuse me, the big two plus shot or, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I'm not sure. I think yeah, I was talking to somebody who's who's been following the whole hearings there in person. Uh, I was talking to him last night and he kind of he was telling me uh, this is one of the, the critics. He's involved in the Canada Media Concentration Project, I think it's called. Um, and he was saying that the, the commissioners, the, the CRTC commissioners that are overseeing this hearing um, seem to understand everything that's at stake. They, they seem to know what's going on. Um, so they're not, you know, kind of like. You know, dummies like whoa! Tell us what's what's the. They're not going to be. Um, they're like, what is the internet? Yeah, yeah. what are these tubes? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like they're they're going to have the wool pulled over their eyes by anybody. So it sounds okay. like they're they're on the ball. Um, whether they're going to, I, I I think the question. I think it's pretty clear that it. You know what the CRTC ruled before, which is uh, any sort of internet provider or wireless carrier exempting their own content. I think that's pretty clearly not going to be allowed. I think any sort of deal where somebody pays one of these companies to exempt their content, that's also not going to be allowed. The question, I think, is just going to be whether they're going to allow anybody to exempt um, pretty much anything, like any sort of um, category of services or whatever. Um, that's the question. One of the interesting matter or suggestions that was raised, I think it was Tech Savvy that raised it, is you know how we have a wireless code that has you know rules like you can't charge people uh, for canceling their contracts after two years, which effectively outlaws the three-year contracts, and <clears throat> there's roaming cap fees and so on and so on. Um, I think it's Tech Savvy suggested a net neutrality code, which would be a similar set of rules that um, you know basically everybody would have to follow, and in those rules you could actually put in specifics things that sh- can be allowed, things that can't be allowed. So uh, Tech Savvy, for example, allows people to uh, download as much as they want at certain times of day. So I think it's in like late at night or whatever. Or I think they also don't count uploads. You're a Tech Savvy. Yeah, I used to be. And then I moved to a condo where Rogers and Bell are the only ones offered uh, in the building. Yeah. And I, I remember like, this is totally off topic, but I actually like had Tech Savvy on the phone and, and they were like looking up my, my address and we're like, oh, we, we don't service that at all. Which isn't, that's like another thing where Rogers and Bell buy out these new buildings. And but yeah, um, that 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 is exactly how how it worked back when right. I was a tech savvy customer. Yeah, and I think uh, somebody doesn't count uploads in data caps or something like that. So um, the upload issue—that's an interesting one because I I never thought of that in terms of net neutrality. But uh, why not allow people to upload for free? That's I think that's still on on side with net neutrality because you're allowing them to upload whatever the hell they want. It's not if you were to say, okay, well you can upload as much as you want to Dropbox. Well, then that's a problem. But if you're allowing them just to up free up uploads, then that's pretty good. Uploads use up like a ton of space too. If you're uploading like a 4K video or something to YouTube, you're talking like 30, 40 gigs, right? So I can see that eating through someone's data cap much quicker than probably some people imagine. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see a, do you envision a future in which we make what I think is the very important step of turning, uh, con- uh, turning the internet into utility? No, um, or oh, utility. I thought you were going to say cable, <laughs> cable TV. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the yeah, just that was, internet uh, access. Because I think 
at the crux of like so many economic problems in Canada is that the big three have a stranglehold on internet access here, right? And it's not treated as a utility. Doesn't doesn't the United Nations say it's like a basic human human right now? I mean, uh, it is more or less, yeah. right? Yeah, like in some countries, yeah. I think Finland, you're entitled to internet access. I think. Oh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as utilities, so it's actually related to, I was just talking about some security, like Internet of Things and security and all that stuff. Um, the New York Times had a story on it the other day, and uh, there was some commentary in there about how the Internet is, at least in North America, is not considered to be p- critical public infrastructure, and whereas like the electricity grid is. And so you have like massive like government oversight of the security of, of the electricity grid, but it's not the same with the Internet. <clears throat> which is ironic because the internet was first created back in the uh, 60s, 70s as like a, um, uh, an insulation against nuclear war. It was yeah. uh, this network that was supposed to continue functioning if New York was wiped out by a mushroom cloud. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <laughs> what a way to describe it. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Um, more you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think the internet will eventually get to the point where it is considered uh, critical public infrastructure and in that, at that point I think it will be more treated like a utility as an important utility but um, just to go back on the cable TV um, analogy so the guy I was talking to actually he was saying that the commissioners uh, well, the, as they're talking to these various parties during these hearings this week uh, a number of them commented and said you know it sounds to us like you're talking about cable tv like this you want this all to work like cable tv so it's mm-hmm. interesting that crtc oh, okay, yeah. is aware that the internet providers would prefer to treat the internet like cable tv but i don't think that's the direction we're going to go in mm-hmm. interesting um yeah it's like it's just you, you know in the conversations we've had over twitter like the ukla thing right where you can like you used to be able to see that upload speeds were faster in Uganda than they are in Canada, (laughs) and they pay less for their internet in Uganda, right? Like That's like that story that I always tell you guys about when I go to my parents' house, which is um, like in a rural town outside of uh, Midland, Ontario. Their internet, um, if I I run like a nuclear test speed, is, is slower than when I ran a test speed when I was in Cuba like two years ago, which which is like crazy when you think about it in that context. It's, 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 It's insane. Um, so I know we, pro- I promised we'd talk about, um, uh, the carrier results, but you know, they're up there. You can read them. Um, what I'm kind of more interested in now that we have Peter on, um, and that Pat is finally back. Pat was at the uh, Mac event. Um, and we won't sp- talk too much, hopefully about the Macs, but you wrote a really interesting article where you were like, Microsoft is Apple. Apple is Blackberry and Blackberry is defunct. Um, <laughs> um do you want to just kind of talk- summarize that? Yeah, yeah, just summarize that, and then we can, yeah, just because I think it is like we are at a really interesting inflection point in tech where, you know, for a long time, uh, you know, Apple was this very innovative force, and now it's just become, you know, the old Microsoft. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was last week, um, you had the, the two product announcements a uh, day apart. First, it was Microsoft, and they, they debuted their um, studio Wow, what's it called? Surface, Surface Studio. Surface Studio. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's this like shiny PC, um, $3,000 PC that swivels and <clears throat> transforms. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Everyone has a cold. <clears throat> I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's all you guys Transforms yeah. into like a drafting table and it's got a stylus and it's got a little uh, Surface dial. dial yep. and, it's, uh, and everybody was like, wow, this is really amazing. This is really cool. And then a day later, um, Apple brings out its MacBook, uh, its new MacBook Pro lineup. And it's got a you know a nifty touchpad along the top. 
but they got rid of the SD card slot, they got rid of the HDMI port, and they're limiting it to 16 gigabytes of RAM. And so pretty much all, like, who was Apple's customers? Who were their main customers in the past was professionals, uh, photographers, video editors, and so on. Uh, That was their bread and butter for so, so long. And a lot of these people were just, like, totally feeling betrayed. They're using colorful language on on Twitter to describe. As one does, yes. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, and I, I certainly wasn't the one that coined it, but there, everybody was saying, "Well, I, you know, Microsoft is the new Apple. Microsoft is the innovative company that's that's catering to creative types, whereas uh, Apple is basically just iterating something and and just trying to make more money off of it, uh, trying to get more money out of people buying dongles and so on and so on and so on." Um, so the point of the column that I wrote was I mentioned that, but I also said it's starting to remind me of BlackBerry, which is um, we're not talking about like 2012 BlackBerry. We're talking about like 2008 BlackBerry mm-hmm. where the cracks the hubris. were. Yeah. yeah, the cracks are starting to show. You remember their reaction to the iPhone was, well, it's going to uh, rising tide floats all boats or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, more yeah. like an apple tide sinks your boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... You know, it started off slowly where people started to talk negatively about the company. And then it started to creep into the financial results like, oh, here's slowing growth. Oh, here's our first quarterly loss or not. Here's our first uh, decline in profit, I should say. Um, And that's happening. That's happening with Apple. Not only is there a lot of negative sentiment around the company, uh, its recent quarterly results, it was uh, the first uh, profit decline. I think it was in like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. The growth is slowing on basically almost all of their product lines. So <laughs> you got to remember BlackBerry, you know, it's it started slow, but then it got really fast and then it dropped off a cliff. And that, that's the way things work in technology. And I'm not saying Apple's BlackBerry and Apple's nowhere near being BlackBerry, but it, you know, it's the, the cycle is is in full swing, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly the thing. It's cyclical, right? Yeah. And um, just the same way BlackBerry got comfortable, it really seems like Apple is starting to get comfortable that no matter how many times they force their their main demographic to adapt to its changes, that it's always going to run back to them. And they might not this time because they're very disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked both devices. And I to a certain extent, understand um, the adoption of USB-C. Like, USB-C is quite obviously the future. Um, and I get that they didn't include USB-A in it. Um, I think that's what the old standard is called, right? USB, you, what? USB uh, 3.0. The, like, actual plug is called, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but because they wouldn't be able to make it thin enough, I don't know if that's justification for, for making a device thinner. But the big thing is, is like, then, then include a, an adapter in the box, right? Because uh, USB-C is the future. But the future's not here yet. We live in the present, right? Yeah. Um, and in two years, that'll be less of a problem. But then, like, and this is something I didn't talk about in my hands-ons because it just didn't occur to me, the the lack of an SD card slot is absolutely crazy the more that I think about it. Um, like, I, I, I don't know if I totally agree with dropping um, USB, but, I like, there's no way to defend the, the dropping of the SD card slot. Like, there's no argument for that in any way. Because uh, that would have fit perfectly inside the, the thin device. It wouldn't have messed up their industrial design where, like, every part of the, the laptop is symmetrical and all the surfaces meet. And it's it's like a beautiful-looking computer. That wouldn't have changed that at all, just putting a little slot on the side of it. There's that wouldn't a, have changed anything. There's a headphone jack, though. Yeah, there is a headphone uh-huh. jack, yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, was it – so if it was courage to get rid of it, what was it to, <laughs> to put, put it, it back, back yeah, or to keep it? Bravery. 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 Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair. Bravery to DJ on that touchpad. I think that was bravery. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that was the worst thing, too, is like, I 
I actually think that the touchpad is a really neat idea um, because I, I like Microsoft Surface devices and I, and I like the idea of a touchscreen, but it's not for me. It's not how I use a how I use a computer. But I always use the example of like my mom. She loves touching the screen. It's, it's more interactive. It makes more sense to her as someone who didn't grow up with computers. Um, but I think that the the the, the touch—it's uh, the touch bar. Touch bar. I always forget the name. I'm always turning to you at her desk and asking <laughs> you what it's called. Um, so the touch bar, like I think Apple did a horrible job of showing it off during the keynote, um, because when I when I actually had like a one-on-one session with it and saw how you could use it with Premiere, um, as someone who edits a lot of videos for for mobile syrup, I I saw how it could be useful. Um, and I know that PC uh, manufacturers have tried this before. Like I think Asus did did something Lenovo, similar. Yeah. Len- yeah. Lenovo did something yeah. similar. Um, but this is like integrated into the operating system at a very basic level. Um, but if if only Apple's apps use it, then it's it's like dead on arrival, right? Like, and that's all they've shown off so far. So who knows if like Google's going to take it on with with Gmail? Um, so uh, I was like cautiously optimistic about it. I think it could be cool, <laughs> but like I'm not saying for sure that it's gonna gonna work out for them. But what I saw. Um, I was impressed with. I just wish they showed it off in a in a more uh, in a way that made more sense than showing a dude doing like a DJ thing because that's not what people are going <laughs> to use it for. Right? Yeah. Um, so that, on that note, uh, we need to start heading out. Um, shout outs, everyone. Jess. Um, I'd like to give my shout out this week to Rogers, who did not release their earnings report with Bell and Telus after uh, letting Guy Lawrence go. So we hope to see that soon. But well, they did earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my shout out's going to go to uh, Rose for holding down the news desk while we're all potting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a shout out, I guess, is I'm supposed to give credit to somebody. Or anything. Or anything. If you could please tell us where we can find you on the internet oh, and yeah, about sure. your book. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll First, I'll give a shout out to uh, Best Buy USA for stocking the Google Home, which I may actually drive down to Buffalo and get mm-hmm. one this weekend. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, other than that, you can also find me on Twitter at Peter Nowak or website is alphabetic.com. Oh, and book. Oh yeah, my book. And there's a book too. Uh, Humans 3.0, The Upgrading of the Species, available in wherever books are sold. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter. Thank you so much for my joining pleasure. us. Uh, please come back. Yes, thanks for having me. Uh, and oh, my shout out. Um, I don't know. I feel like we need to prepare these better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my shout out. My shout out goes to all the ESL kids. There you go. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. I, I know what that one's. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.